You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Dr. Sarah Spowart is well known for her compassionate-based practice, as well as for her precise mindfulness in her everyday life. As a highly regarded professional, she infuses moment-to-moment awareness as she includes the vital emotions of happiness, serenity, and love. Here is the holistic emotional system that you've been waiting for. Here's Dr. Sarah. Hello. Today, I'm going to be talking about the topic of interconnection and making waves. I'm Dr. Sarah Spowart with Happiness Learned, and I wanted to share some things that I've learned from my direct experience that I've seen be very powerful and effective for shifting our life into a space that is more aligned for us and that feels more authentic and where we just feel we feel more natural we feel better because that's what it's all about at the end of the day on some level if if we have all this stuff that we're wanting and we've been seeking but we feel miserable on the inside or hollow or empty or disconnected then what is that so what I'm about to talk about kind of goes against a lot of societal ideas about the outside things being of such great gratification that they create that inside experience you're wanting. So let's say you feel like if I had a million dollar house, I will be happy. Well, yes and no. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you'll be happy for a period of time, but it's not the house that's causing the happiness. It's coming from inside of you. You are generating that happiness. And also, if you're relying on the house, for example, to do that, it will let you down and then you'll try to find something else. And then that will let you down and on and on because it has to do with your inner experience and your your why. You know, why would you want a million dollar house? Why would that make you happier? Or happy. And there's variations of happiness too, and there's different forms. Something to consider with this. Imagine that we can only see a fraction of what is all around us. What I mean by that is our eyes are attuned to function how they function, you know, like 2020 vision. But we can't see microscopic things. I mean, we can we have telescopes that see at better and better levels, but we are limited by our capacity um, of the way that our brain works and our eyes work. So to believe that all there is is what we can see doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> because when I think about how much we don't know for also, but not only that, if you think about other creatures, let's you know, think about a fish, you think about dogs, you think about insects, they see the world in their own way and they can't see beyond that. So if we try to say, no, there's more, they might be like, no, there's just this. So we are limited through our ability to see. So I'm just saying this because I want you to open your mind to the possibility that there is more going on than you're able to perceive with your five senses. So 
maybe we're picking up on 5% of what's happening or 50%. I mean, who really knows? <laughs> because we can't see and know what's beyond what we can see because we are the observer. So there's limitations right there. Uh, it's kind of like studying psychology. It's it's tough when you're studying yourself because it's the the person is studying the person. And so you need to have that that separation to have better insight. We don't have some outside being to investigate and, and study us and help actually give us maybe more helpful information. Also, we all observe and see things at differing levels, believe it or not. So if you are consumed and overwhelmed in negative emotions, painful emotions, you're going to see the world in a different lens than somebody who's feeling happy or light or excited, or if your mind tends to be focused on the future or the, or the past, you might miss a ton of stuff going on right now. You're not going to be seeing it. You're going to be missing the present. So by being present and aware of our mindset, aware of our energy state, we are actually able to perceive more and at deeper and deeper levels. And part of this is that our minds are designed to filter a lot of information. There's some really, they're funny, but they're also a little alarming, um, like YouTube videos where you might see people dancing or something. And it says, look for the red bear or the, the bear, the man in a bear suit walking by. And you really don't see it. It's, it's quite, I guess the word is disturbing or distressing a little bit because you're watching these people dance and it says, look, you know, look for what's going on and you don't see it. And then they play it back and they point it out. And it's like, oh my gosh, how did I miss this very obvious thing? Well, you were focused on the people in the video, for example, dancing. You weren't focused on the whole thing. So we filter things out because it's how we've learned to survive and navigate our environment. So it doesn't mean that we need to be taking everything in. In fact, that could be sort of like an overload, like a computer where you're downloading, I don't know, like a hundred things at once or something. It's, you know, could freeze. It's too much. But it does mean that there's more going on than we're able to perceive on our own. And you could even say collectively. So as I said, about animals, they are, if you don't believe me, just consider how other creatures, they cannot see what we see through our eyes. And that just shows you there's different realities being experienced, not just because we're different species, but they actually see something different. You know, dogs they have a much better sense of hearing and smell than we do. So they experience that differently. They're experiencing smells and sounds that we don't pick up on. This means that there's different, there's stuff we don't know. There's stuff we can't see. If you're wondering, why does she keep saying this? I keep saying this because it's our human nature, but I also truly think it's a lot of societal programming, especially with media and commercials and trying to sell things. It's sort of our programming in a lot of ways that, okay, I want to feel better. I want to feel good. I want to be happy need to get this thing on the outside and focusing on these outside things to attain. And then that becomes almost like the rhythm of life. Or if it's not an outside thing, it's an outside experience, like getting married or 
getting back together with your ex after divorce or having a baby or having a wedding or it doesn't even matter what, but it's those experiences, having a certain vacation, but it's that grasping, that that needing something, the yearning, the pain, the gap between what you're feeling you need or want and what you feel you have. And on that point, <laughs> our perception of what we have is also very interesting. This is why a lot of people don't like the word gratitude. So I, I think the word, well, that I've come across, they feel like that's trying to force yourself that I've seen to be happy and and, and like things you don't really like or you know, try to settle for what you have. And I don't mean that. I mean, appreciation, fostering appreciation, is a really fast way of feeling like you have way more than you realized. And it's also, by the way, a very good manifestation trick and tool, because if you start focusing on what you appreciate and you, you feel appreciation, like, wow, I, I love and appreciate the sunset. And if people can't understand appreciation, another way of saying it is, is kind of a, I think it's kind of a form of love, just wonder, or awe. I mean, it can be experienced in different ways, but just really acknowledging like, wow, this is amazing. This moment it doesn't mean everything is perfect, but it's taking acknowledgement for what is good. So to get a little more specific and a little more complicated, so what if I told you that the world and everything in it is the manifestation of energy in different forms? So absolutely everything is energy. And that means if you look at a table, it's energy in the form of a table. If you look at a book, it is a book in the form of a, t sorry, it is energy in the form of a book, the sky, a tree me, you, we are different rates of speed of energy. And we are starting to catch up with this more and more with science. If you're wondering how I figured this stuff out through my direct experience, it is through meditation and a lot of pain, a lot of emotional pain and just being like, what is going on? I want answers. I need answers. And then they started coming. So we are all a manifestation of energy and the appearance of different forms. And what if these energy forms have variation and lead to different things? So kind of like if there's a river or stream and some rivers might have a fast flow of water and others might be very slow or almost still, but it's all water. It's just going at different speeds and rates moving in different ways. So. I know a lot of people have heard of, although not everyone, the water experiment where they took like a drop of water and they looked at it under a microscope and having different emotions towards it actually had different form. It actually affected its form. So sending loves and love and blessings, having anxiety, hatred, I mean, whatever, it impacts these things. Pretty amazing. How would that be possible unless there was a connection there somehow between, let's say, the person blessing the water and the water? There has to be some unseen connection going on that we can't see with our eyes. And it's that connection that is so important, I really want to emphasize, and is really an important key that I've come across for shifting into a life that feels the best possible for you. And 
I don't mean that in a self-serving way. I mean it more like shifting into whatever your purpose is, whatever feels most like you. I find so many people are really unhappy with themselves. They feel like they're wasting their life. They're not meeting their potential. They're stuck. They don't know how to get out of it. And one way is actually start with yourself. And that's not with the aim of change. It's just with the aim of changing your energy. Like the water, you bless it and it takes one form or you you have hatred and rage towards it. It has another form. There's a connection there. Start with changing your energy. And that first starts with understanding what's going on with your energy. One way of, of doing this is tracking it mood trackers, I highly recommend because they can help you to see there's a whole bunch of really good ones now and you can journal too, but there's really good apps, but it can help you to see if you are up and down, if you have tendencies towards depression, tendencies towards happiness, tendencies towards anxiety, tracking it is the first step because then you become the observer of the energy, the pattern. And when that happens, it becomes much easier to start to shift it. It actually starts to shift on its own because you're no longer kind of enmeshed in that loop and that cycle anymore. You're giving yourself a little break from it when you notice it. You're no longer being it. You are noticing it, at least for a moment. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. So let's say there's more that we cannot see with our two eyes. Let's say it's a flow of energy, a stream or different streams, different flows, and they're going at different rates. What could this mean? Why does this matter for you? Well, it could mean that our internal state really matters. Uh, It could also mean that like attracts like to some extent. And I'm sure we can all think of examples where this might not be the case. We're like, well, I got in this relationship with this terrible person and I'm not like them at all. Yes, there's there's more layers to this than just that. But I do promise you, if you really focus on mastering your energy, and I'm sometimes that word master is kind of loaded, being very aware of your energy state, moment to moment, day to day, hour to hour, really aware. And when you start noticing it's getting a little off, let's say you start noticing you're having some anxiety, you start noticing you're having some sadness, work to shift it then. And it's fine to use small things to help boost yourself up. That's fine. It's just seeing those as the answers is part of the problem. So like, let's say you're feeling, I'm just thinking of a random example. I don't even like go on boats, but this is an example of what I'm seeing this image. So I'm like, okay, I'll go hit with this. Let's say you feel really stuck in your life. Things feel heavy. You feel trapped. And you get this idea, like, you know what? I think if I went out on a boat for a couple hours, I would feel lighter and free and open and it's going to help me to feel more calm and peaceful. 
that's great. That's fine. The problem comes in when people start clinging to the boat concept, thinking I must go on the boat. I must do this. I can't be okay without it. And then they get anxiety and stress about that. <laughs> so it's, it's a lightness to it. It's okay. This thing on the outside is a tool to help support me in generating this inner emotional experience. This outside tool is not the answer. It is a tool of many tools. And believe it or not, eventually you can actually get so well-practiced at this that you can actually start to do it on your own mostly without even outside stuff. The outside stuff is, can be like training wheels in a lot of ways. So you can get to a space where, and this is, we think partly from neuropathways, partly, partly from our subconscious programming, but you can get into patterns where you can just decide, okay, I'm going to take five minutes out and rest. And I'm going to focus on the emotion of calm and peace and experience it. And that's not to cling to the peace, cling to the calm. You're kind of calling it to you like, okay, this is the energy state I want to be experiencing. I find for me, I, I really feel drawn to the energy state. You could say of love and compassion. Those are the ones that I feel most... I guess you could say myself, but more just what I like, I prefer, but that doesn't mean I cling. And I, I work with clients on a chart I made um, and it's a derivative of other things I've seen, but the exact chart I made, I don't think is out there anywhere. I'm publishing it soon though. The thing about this chart that's so helpful is there's different colors to it. There's the blue zone, the green zone, the red zone. And when you can focus in on certain spaces it's almost like a menu like I've had clients tell me they're like so I feel like you're telling me it's like at a restaurant where you pick a food and and, and then you order it you're picking like okay I'm gonna feel peace and I'm gonna order that and work around peace that is what I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying to break it down in simplest terms possible you can select what you want to feel and then work from there. Doesn't have to be the other way. And that's what I feel. I don't like the word brainwash. I don't even quite know what that means, but we've been heavily influenced collectively in our culture to believe that those outside things are needed. And we don't even know sometimes what we're running after or clinging to. By feeling a certain type of emotion, let's say uplifting emotions like peace, joy, happiness, and love, and that's in the blue zone in the chart that I made, it's possible to experience a different stream of energy or a different pace of energy. So the energy experience of feeling love, peace, and joy, for example, is very different from something like hate, anger, blame, or rage. If you think about that, like, let's say, I don't usually have issues with anger I never really have had that so much well I guess there's been some no I never really had major issues with anger but I've had stuff with anxiety in the past and and depression so let's say you're feeling some depression well what does that feel like it can feel heavy it can feel slow it can feel like you're kind of checked out I mean, there's, there's degrees to it. It can get so bad, you know, 
what is it called? Um, catatonic, or you're not, you're not even hardly functioning. So, you know, anxiety, it, it feels very uncomfortable. You feel sometimes people feel like they want to jump out of their bodies or they feel like they're having a heart attack or they, they feel physical pain. There's, there's an actual experience and a lived experience with these emotions. That's very profound. You know, the experience of love, you can feel lighter, enriched, uplifted, motivated, inspired, full, connected, peace. You, you can feel like everything's okay. You're just in total acceptance and flow of everything and in harmony with it all, no matter what's going on, you're at, you're okay with it. You don't really need anything. You're not clinging to anything at that level. So how do you get from one spot to another? How do you get from like paranoia, rage, depression, anger, anxiety? How do you get from there to these states of peace and joy and happiness and love and in a sustainable way that's healthy? Well, there's different ways of doing this. One of the things is finding people that seem to be living or embodying some of those things that you're wanting to experience. The sad truth is, though, it might be not the easiest to find them. I think it's becoming more common. But for example, like I tell clients, okay, like let's think of a couple that you really admire or a couple that you think is a really great couple. And wh why is that? What characteristics, you know, what is it about them that you would want to learn? I'm not kidding when I say pretty much almost everybody says, well, I can't think of one couple anywhere that I've ever encountered. Some people say, well, we've had, there's like a couple that sometimes is happy. And then I say, okay, what about like thinking about movies or parts of movies? So the point is, a role model, an example can be helpful. And again, not to cling to, not to be like, they are the answer, but as an example. So, you know, if, if you want to be, let's say a calm, peaceful person, well, maybe it helps to be around other people that are calm and peaceful. Maybe it would help to, even if you have to do it through YouTube videos, you know, find people that are doing peaceful activities or there's peaceful things, bringing it into your life, bringing it into your life. So like attracts like, that could be a little bit tricky. Some people might say, well, I didn't want this person who's so mean to me and treats me this way. Like, I'm not like this. I'm a kind, loving person. That might be true. There can be reasons that are deeper than just that. It can also be maybe something in your soul, something in you wanted to learn, maybe a subconscious patterning from your childhood that you're living out to try to heal. Could be a naivete about what, what goes on with people in the world and, and not, under, not seeing things clearly. It could be multiple reasons that you might have someone in your life who doesn't treat you maybe the way that you're wanting to be treated, but you would, you could argue, well, you're still attracting it in the sense that maybe attractive is not the best word. You're still pulling it into your reality because there's something there for you. And what I've learned through direct experience, and then also I'm sure there's a lot of research 
books to back this up. When we get, when we heal layers of ourselves, and even the word heal can be confusing for people. You could say when we become at peace with all the aspects of ourself, our childhood, our family, we stop fighting it, reacting. Really what it is is reacting. We stop reacting and we have love, unconditional love. It does not mean what people have done is okay in your life. It means though you're not going to react and hurt yourself with the reaction anymore. It means you're going to experience love in spite of what's happened because you're worth it. You really are. The things that have happened do not need to define you. And I would encourage you to, to not have them define you because then you're just reliving it. And that's not very, that doesn't feel very good. And it's not going to create the life that you're wanting. So if you're in a situation where you're like, I am miserable, I hate this boss, I hate my neighbor, I hate my dog, I mean, whatever, everything around you is in shambles, you could think, okay, well, what is going on? <laughs> this was the reality I pulled in. What happened here? Do I have reactive patterns of jumping into relationships? I reactive patterns of being afraid about money. And so I just grabbed onto this job. You know, did I get a dog? Cause I really wanted a dog. And why did I get this dog? I mean, wh whatever it is, but looking at each thing and not so much in the reactive pattern of this is awful. This is awful, but okay. Why is this here? How did this get here? Is there any tie or connection between anything I've gone through in my life that I need to be at peace with and let go of, of hurt and reactivity that is showing up in these ways. And I hope this isn't sounding too vague for anyone. If it is, feel free to reach out to me. This stuff makes a lot of sense to me. So if I'm not explaining it clearly, please let, please let me know if you need more concrete examples. I tend to hang out in the theoretical world in my mind a lot. So I, I live things in a more abstract way that makes sense to me. And so sometimes I have to be reminded, okay, I need examples. I need to know how to concretely put this in. And that's why like I publishing something called the happiness-based mindfulness program. And so I really focused on concrete, practical methods and tools and images for people to implement and shift into these kinds of things. So, so it's not abstract. Okay. So what's coming to mind? I had this one client who ended up in this relationship and he was like, how did I end up with this person? How did this happen? The person that they were with is very complex, had the most number of diagnoses I've ever seen. Not ever, a lot of diagnoses, complex individual. And they were really struggling. And so we broke down all the people in his life that have had major impacts and hurt on him. And I think there was like six people on the list or seven. And I said, okay, well, what is it that this person did that hurt you or how do they behave? And we looked at each of them and I said, okay, the person you're with right now, your partner, which of these characteristics and things that she have going on out of these, you know, six, six, seven people that have hurt you. I'll never forget, he said, <laughs> she has all of them. 
And I said, well, that's quite ingenious of you. Your subconscious brought into your world a person that literally, it's like the healing time, healing bomb went off. This person that has all these things in there from the col- collection of hurt over his life. If he had healed, or you could say been able to be at peace with each of those things in the past, this other person might have never been drawn into his life. But the funny thing is, or interesting thing is, and I see this, I see this frequently, because of all the things this new partner triggered in him, it forced him to work on all these past hurts that had really nothing to do with this partner, but had to do with the stuff from before. And the more that he heals and is at peace, the more he can be detached and figure out, okay, what is good for me versus what am I pulled to? Another piece on this I wanted to mention is that we are all connected. We really are. And that is the unseen stuff that we are not aware of. It's been a very fascinating experience for me. The more I work on myself, I mean, I, I try to do something every day and I don't know if I like the word work on myself. The more I go towards feeling better and better. And I haven't found there's a limit to feeling better either and feeling good. But the better I feel, the more peace I am, the more mindful I am. I find in a strange way, like a couple of things go on. People around me that I interact with, including clients, they also start getting better. They also start feeling better. It's because it's all one energy in forms. So by lightening up my energy, it does have an impact, especially when there's the closer connections. So it does matter. I know there's people out there that feel hopeless about their bosses, hopeless about their children, hopeless about, well, a lot of things. Like I can't, I can't fix this person on the outside. I can't change the situation, but changing your energy, changing your internal state will have a ripple effect that does shift everything. It's, it's called system disruption. And so I'm not saying work on yourself with the intention to change others and change things, but I am saying it is a a strange and fascinating byproduct and what happens is, is when things are changing, you don't even care. You feel so good. It's like, okay, well, that's great. I'm glad that these other things are getting better too, but I feel okay either way. So there is this ripple effect. You know, like if on a stream, if you drop a pebble, it will go out. It makes the little wave. So on that note too, something I want to point out is if if you've ever had the experience of feeling really down or feeling really anxious or whatever. And then you're able to be around someone who's kind and compassionate and present and loving can actually help shift your mood. Although vice versa, if you're feeling good and someone's, you know, full of rage and hatred, that can also impact you. But this is what I mean. We affect each other. And for better or worse, our main thing that we have control over to an extent is ourself as much as we can but you can help others and a lot of others through changing yourself and you can help yourself by working on your energy so to sum up i would say 
society in general, our society in particular, it it seems to teach that to be happy or have what we want, we need to focus on the outside. But I would argue it's a bit, a little backwards. It's it's more than that. I mean, if you want to sell products, that's a good way to, you know, get people to do it. But actually, if you really want people to be happy and have good lives, it's not totally accurate. I'd say two things to take away from this. Step one, focus on your own energy state and bringing it into an uplifting space. So this could look like having more self-care, more exercise, a better diet, whatever it is to help yourself feel a little better in a healthy way is important. This is because the way we feel actually does matter for what we experience in our life and what comes into our life. The second step is take small steps every day as much as you can towards the goals you're wanting to work to. In this way, you're engaging in the very powerful internal energy state as the next level of importance, which is action. So you're engaging in first the very powerful perspective of focusing on your internal energy. And then next, the next level of importance, which is action. It is, it is both things to an extent. But out of the two, I recommend focusing first and most often on the inner state because it has a ripple effect on every area of your life. I'm not saying only focus on energy. I'm saying though, we're out of balance. And I promise you, if you really commit even just like five minutes a day to being aware of your energy, being aware of your emotions, your general state of being, it will start to improve itself eventually. And that it picks up steam and it gets easier and easier. And then your life, it will shift and be better and better. All right. So, so much love to all of you. If there are any certain topics or questions you'd like me to answer or talk about, please feel free to contact me at sarah.spoward at gmail.com. I get a lot of emails every day, but I try my best to answer as quickly as I can or through my website, www.drsarahspoward.com. There is a contact section you can submit through there. All right, sending so much love and many wonderful, mindful moments this week. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Happiness Learned. Dr. Sarah will be back next week with more of her teachings designed to help you live the life you have always wanted. Visit Dr. Sarah at www.drsarahspower.com. See you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.